everyone, welcome to That's Dope. My name is Godzilla Ugwa, and we have co-host Matt joining us today, and we have a special guest, my friend Mason Lieberman, who actually was one of the first people I met when I moved to Los Angeles. Bought me five guys, and you know, helped me out like quite a quite a bit actually. Like as I've been here, but not only have you been a good friend to me, and you've kicked my bass in in a lot of smash. You know, you are a wonderful music composer. Uh, you work for Tencent. You done some great things as quarantine started actually like to help um like do charity for for the people who are suffering in quarantine and you know i'm excited to ask you a ton of questions about all that uh you're in the anime world video game world uh doing cool things and you have a bigger fro than i could ever muster i imagine so i'm, I'm gonna get you you know i need the tips because i don't know how to do froze all i can do is you know the locks and trades <laughs> so push sit-ups 10 kilometer run every single day that's how you get mm. but it's also how you lose that. so be careful okay so i have to lose it to get it right i don't know i was just <laughs> going for the one <laughs> i love it I love it, man. So, I mean, honestly, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, like, even behind the scenes, you know, we it was hard to like try to schedule out things because it'd be like something happening to like either one of us. You know, like the the first time for me, uh, I remember, unfortunately, Chadwick Boseman died, and I was just like, I can't, I can't do this. And um, and then what happened? And you were moving, and then vacation, and then it's like, oh wait, I can we do it this day? And it, it was just a lot of back and forth. But I'm glad that we are finally here. Challenge, yeah. It's all good. I'm happy, better late than never, and I appreciate you being patient with us as we've been trying to schedule this thing. So it means Good a ton. For you, a anytime. I'm always happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So, and I'm happy to meet you, honestly. Yeah. You know, I've I'm, heard so much about you, and you know, here I actually get to sit and talk with you. So I'm pretty excited. Hopefully about most this of it's well. good. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, talking from what about I've heard. like Smash Bros, it might not be good. Oh uh, no! Oh no! You're you're a demon with Smash. You know, I've actually never <laughs> been. I feel like I've only beaten you like twice total out of like the. <laughs> like the 50 hundred times we might have played so i'm excited to see like if like later on like if we can play again and maybe i've gotten better who knows <laughs> i uh i don't know what have you been doing with your quarantine time oh uh, a lot overwatch you better have been labbing my dude That's but you know i have i have been playing quite a bit of smash like uh with some of my boys so I've, I've been putting in some time in the hyperbolic time chamber we'll see how that goes though <laughs> I believe you. Keep turning up the gravity, my dude. You got yeah, this. God, 200. We'll, we'll get there. So, <laughs> so um, the first thing I do want to ask you is, I guess, can you tell us more about yourself? Like, I know I left out a ton with that introduction, like, on um, what you do, who you are. You know, you are pretty storied, actually. Uh, and in fact, actually, you said you moved, like, to Los Angeles, like, a month or two before I did, right? Yeah, no. I moved to L.A. in, like... August of 2019. Wow, that is um, one month before and me. I think we're in September, right? Yeah, yeah. So I had only been there for like a month when you arrived. That's crazy. Uh, fun fact: um, I actually didn't. I'm saying this for Matt and for the listeners' benefit. I didn't know God's will when he moved to LA. It was actually a total coincidence that we met hmm. because we have a mutual friend uh, named Chris, who's this huge tall dude my literal big uh, brother amazing rapper <laughs> badass artist performs under the name iq um and we're both mm. friends with him and i was gonna hang out with chris 
because Chris doesn't live in the LA area. He's out normally in like uh, Orlando back then. Mm -hmm. And he was in town actually helping God's will move in. And Chris was like, yo, like come over to this address in like the middle of, what was it? Gardena or something? Yeah, Gardena. Yeah, which is pretty Uh, far out from a lot of people, ironically. I thought it was like in the middle of everyone, but no, it's far (laughs) out from everybody. It is the antithesis of that. I know, right? Um, (laughs) But he invited me out over to God's will's place. Which, in retrospect, that is just weird inviting a friend to hang out at someone else's house as they're moving in. As they're moving in. Yeah, I know, but right? Like, either way. That's God's I will for you. That's God's Honestly. will. Honestly. That's so, how so many people meet him that way. Like, I helped him move a couple of things really quickly. And then we went over to Five Guys because he hadn't eaten in a while. And so, like, we grabbed burgers and it was great. And, of course, nice. we started playing Smash Bros. And we realized that we were like meant to be friends. We got along really well. And that kind of started like an ongoing friendship of play and smash together, doing like weekend tournaments together, things like that. And it was great. And it has nothing to do with my career. I'm realizing my apologies. No, no, no. I'm actually glad you, I'm glad you set up the whole story. Cause I mean, it is a hell of a story too. I mean, the place was pretty empty uh, it was you and Justin who came through, and I thought it was strange at first, but I'm really glad that Chris invited both you guys because I was like, "Bro, I, I don't even have couches, really, you know, like or the TV." I I, you invited Justin. <laughs> I don't even know him either. Chris invited him, so I was just sort of like, and I, I just remember being like tired, and I was just like, "Bro, I don't know what's happening or who these people are, but if you say they're <laughs> cool, they must be cool." And luckily, they're moving you guys my cool. stuff, so right you know, <laughs> cool with me. Um. But to do like the proper introduction, hi, my name is Mason Lieberman. <laughs> I'm a composer for film and video game media. I also work in the anime industry. Um, I'm the senior game audio coordinator at Tencent, and I handle a lot of the management and operations for the game audio department for North America. Um, some of my previous credits in game composition, music production, and performance include working on the Super Smash Bros. franchise, wow. working for Rooster Teeth on Ruby, the Beyblade franchise, Beyblade Burst Evolution slash God. Um, I was a songwriter and performer on Tower of God. I've Ooh. performed on the soundtrack Ooh. of Rising of the Shield Hero, music production yes. on Zombieland Saga, Sadazan Mai, Robihachi. Um, I produce the charity vinyls with Funimation, Sunrise, and Yoko Kano in the seatbelts for the Cowboy Bebop franchise this uh, quarantine. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Uh, absolutely. I'm getting goosebumps um, thinking about that, actually, because that was so hype. Special guest artist on um, lead singles for Young, former lead singer of Girls' Generation. Wow. Um, on and on, I'm mostly pulling all these from my website credits page because I barely remember <laughs> It was like, go, 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 right? Like, almost every single credit, with certain exceptions, a lot of these are things that usually you do most of that work in one day, and you just get it done, and then you kind of forget that you did it until someone asks you about it. Really? One day? Like, I, like, I mean, well, they're really good. Like every single one right? of these things. Like, obviously, I worked on Ruby, for example, for the better part of like a year and a half, basically. Wow. Um, so that wasn't okay. one day. And similar situations with like Beyblade and some of these other things. But like, you know, a lot of the cases where I'm like a guest recording artist, things like Smash Bros, like I recorded for one day and everything that I did was recorded on that one day. 
but that's just how it works when you're a session musician. You get a lot of stuff done really quickly. All the stuff I did for Warhammer Vermintide, I did, you know, a ton of cues for them working with uh, two of the composers for that. But all of it was recorded in one day. So really, from my perspective, it's a very small time commitment. That's so tight, though. Oh, it's so much fun. I love working on that kind of stuff. Wow. That's That's super cool. For real. How'd you get started into this? Um, so... I'll give you the real full backstory. Ooh, I was okay. years old. Um, my parents showed me Disney's Fantasia, the original version. Oh, because um, Fantasia 2000 hadn't even come out yet. Um, back in my and, day, we didn't have 2000. There was no 2000. But yeah, we literally hadn't hit 2000 yet. Um, but uh, they showed me Fantasia. And with all the articulation that a three-year-old can muster, I got really, really excited and told them I wanted a broom. (laughs) They did not understand what that meant. (laughs) But I kept asking for one. And over the course of two years, like this is like the sign that I was meant to do this because what three-year-old to five-year-old has this kind of memory span? I kept asking every single time, Fantasia became my favorite movie, and I would always ask my parents for a broom. And then over time, that started as my vocabulary evolved to become, I wanted to play with broom. And then I wanted to play broom. And finally, around when I was five years old, my parents took me to see a symphony orchestra to what was basically like a petting zoo for kids with orchestral instruments. Oh, that's cool. Like a local event that community orchestra put on to help introduce young people to the orchestra and hopefully generate some excitement, get yeah, them in the local preparatory orchestra, that kind of thing. Um, and of course, the second that the cello section, my first instrument um, started playing, I like stood up and shouted and pointed. And I was like, that's the broom. <laughs> and <laughs> An epiphany. my parents were like, this little bastard wants a cello. <laughs> and of course, you know, you wouldn't usually buy a five-year-old a cello. But to say, I was like, are those kid-sized cellos? Right. It was bigger than you. Size cello. It was so tiny. It is the most adorable thing. It's slightly bigger than a viola for a frame of reference. Um, But my parents were like, he has asked for this for such a long time and so regularly, we think he would actually play this. So they gave me a cello and I never stopped playing it. I've been playing my cello now for over 20 years. Wow. Nice. Wow. Um, and that led to me playing piano poorly, um, playing <laughs> guitar slightly better, um, to playing to singing, I would say decently, um, and on and on, and composing also present. <laughs> <laughs> Very and, many you know, talents, though. I can't do any of those. Music career in general. Um, my first credits were all, you know, I did a film back when I was, before I even went to Berkeley, I started at a college in East Texas that I'm now faculty at actually. Wow. NF Austin State University down in Nacogdoches. Okay. And I helped score a film down there, Joe Lansdale's Christmas with the Dead. Joe Lansdale being the author behind the, uh, cult movie slash book Bubba Hotep, um, (laughs) If you've never seen it, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, time to go do some research. That sounds interesting. <laughs> I've heard of it. I have heard I mean, of it, but I've I'm going to give you the world's summary of that movie because it's wild. 
um, Elvis decides that he wants to retire. Um, and he's an old man now. He's somehow switched places with someone else. He's an old man in a retirement facility in deep East Texas. And also his best friend is like this also retired old guy, black guy who swears that he's JFK and that they took his brain and switched it into another body. Okay, also, that took a weird, empire, real weird turn. <laughs> is, that, all I'm saying is okay. there's a reason it's a cult film. <laughs> Bubba um, Hotep, you said? Bubba Hotep. All oh, right. Hotep. I got that in my notes. <laughs> I have nothing to say. Anyways, I did a film with that author um, when I was still at SFA. I was maybe 18 at the time. That was my first credit of any kind. Wow. And then I transferred to Berkeley. I began doing recording sessions to basically pay my way through college because um, there was a lot of work going on back then. And eventually I ended up through random total dumb luck booking the Smash Brothers recording gig around when I was 20. And wow. on and on and on just kept going. By the time I graduated, I had met Jeff and what would lead to my first real job postgraduate, which was being his assistant and ultimately composing for Ruby. Very nice. That's awesome, bro. <laughs> I yeah. like that a lot. Now, I got to ask, do you have a broom collection now after all yeah. this time? Of course. Nice. <laughs> okay. I just had to know. <laughs> got to get the oh, hand broom, medium-sized broom, industrial right. size, sweet different broom. kinds of wood. Brooms. Um, I have a six-string broom, um, six-string electric broom, four-string acoustic broom. Um, a backup four-string acoustic broom that I keep in Texas with my parents. Wow. Um, you know, all the variation that you need in a world-class broom collection. <laughs> um, the luthier behind my broom is based in Dallas. He was a great guy. Um, made some incredible instruments. Cool, That's cool. awesome. Like, I, like, you know, like, the funny thing is, actually, I wanted to play cello when I was in middle school. But mm -hmm. they put me in choir. And they're like, yeah, just stick it out there. You know, maybe you'll like it. I did like it a lot, but I do regret not playing an instrument at all. I'll be honest with you. Um, being a kid who played cello sucks. <laughs> an adult who plays cello is awesome. That's what I was thinking. Um, it feels like it'd be tough, like, sense. on middle school, right? Like, there's a great comedy routine about it. I'm not going to rehash it and be unoriginal. But needless to say... It's kind of rough anytime you play an instrument that's bigger than you are. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I was a pretty short kid when I was still in like middle school, which just not the time that you want to be a small kid. I um, know what that's like. Not yeah, fun. exactly. <laughs> I was very young when I was in school. Like I graduated high school at 16. So I was wow. always Ooh. really young, no matter what year I was in. Cause that offset basically happened in fourth grade. Uh. Um, so like, yeah, I was screwed no matter what. Yeah. Oh, he's going to be the young kid. Being cello is awesome. My girlfriend thinks it's like the coolest thing in the world. Um, it has always been, you know, a really great thing that I could pull out, like when talking about on dates, things like that. <laughs> and then just professionally speaking, it's very soothing to get to be creative and to have an artistic outlet like that. It's very satisfying. And I think it really reduces stress in a very tangible way that helps in situations like, you know, the whole apocalypse thing we're all going through. Right. All right. Yeah. Shoot. It's a, a good trade to have in times like these. Oh, absolutely. Especially like when a zombie apocalypse happens, we need music mm -hmm. players, you know, yeah, someone, when someone... A zombie apocalypse happens, 
that cello, the end pin comes out. It is a sharpened piece of metal. <laughs> um, it is very All right. It's good range. It probably like gives at least one additional tile worth of reach. <laughs> one tile. Got the, the barred bishop over here. <laughs> Hits in diagonal like spots, right? I've always seen myself as more of like a barred zerker. Bard Zerker. <laughs> Clever. I like that. You have to have high strength in order to carry the cello, right? Exactly. Yeah. No. Um the cello isn't really that heavy, but I was wondering, like it's, it's big, enough. right? Yeah, it's pretty big. It's not as big as like an upright bass, for example. Okay. But like when I fly, it gets its own seat. Oh, wow. uh, it gets a seat that's usually nicer than my seat. <laughs> it usually flies first class. Wow. And I hope that I'm flying first class. For real, right? Just take <laughs> like up a whole get first class or bulkhead, or it does not fly. That's nice. so awesome. <laughs> That's so that, cool. Gotta keep that instrument comfortable. You know the drill, man. Because, <laughs> like, like, I mean, I, I have no clue about like playing instruments or anything like that at all. You know, like, actually, like, what what is your favorite instrument to play if you have one? Um, for actually playing, I think I get the most enjoyment playing electric guitar or bass. Um, Ooh. I really like. There's just something about them that's just satisfying to play. Like, it's not nearly as much physical effort as the cello is. Um, but of course, cello is the one I played first. Mm -hmm. First um, love, right Obviously, there, right? I think that singing is something that everyone really loves doing. But I almost put that in a different category in my head. So, like, when it comes to playing an instrument, guitar. Yeah. Guitar or bass. I do. Okay. It's more metal. I get it's it. more fun. Um, <laughs> I just really enjoy it. Um, like, I love playing bass live. I love playing guitar in studio. I love singing in general. That's the best way I can think to put it. I need to listen to your singing Ooh. tracks. Like, I, 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 like, you did like pitch some vocals in on, on the charity, the charity aspects, right? Technically, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, on the My Hero Academia one, I'm the first uh, vocalist on that section. Mm -hmm. which wasn't because I wanted to be the first vocalist. It was because the intended first vocalist, unfortunately, couldn't join us due to scheduling issues. Ah, that sucks. Um, which was a real shame because that would have been Justin Briner, a.k.a. Oh. Deku. Damn. Like, oh, wow. He's been Damn. super supportive. He wanted to do it. Yeah, but he's like, a busy guy. We had guy. multiple times where we'd set it up to try and make it happen. Mm -hmm. But, like, that's that's COVID life. Like it really is, unfortunately. Hard. The organization is hard. Yeah. So and we gotta talk about that because I mean that those you know actually I'm getting goosebumps again thinking about it. I'm like this these were just so good and powerful. Both of these oh, tracks, yeah. the My Hero and the Cowboy Bebop one. Uh, I'm not even sure really where to start. Uh, I guess so the Cowboy Bebop one. Um, I guess can you tell us about like how that even like got started and then like how that came to fruition? Yeah, sure. So. Honestly, like everything else, it started from fairly normal circumstances. I posted on Facebook, hey, you know, this was like, I think March 25th-ish. It was like right uh, early quarantine. after quarantine started. Mm. I was like, hey, as far as I can tell, like the entire music industry is basically out of work. I was lucky that working at Tencent, I was still employed, but most of my friends who aren't in video games inherently um, we're just in music in general. A lot of them, their tours were getting canceled. Their schools were shutting down. Um, and we were all sort of in a holding pattern where we were all stuck at home. So I sort of put out a call on Facebook. Yo, does anyone feel like collaborating on a track? You know, I 
think that since there are so many people who are out of work right now, I could probably coordinate something with a lot of really cool guests who I wouldn't normally be able to get. And something like 150 people responded. Like I have a very large professional network on that side and just a ton of people reached out. And wow. so from that, I kind of like handpicked like an army out of these things, called it down to like 30 people. Um, and I was like, all right, we're putting together like a huge rock band of 30 people and we're gonna do the real folk blues from Cowboy Bebop. Like I just picked a song. Um, you did, there were okay. three <laughs> tunes that I'd thought about. One of them was from Persona. One of them was from Super Mario 64. One of them was Cowboy Bebop. And I went with the Cowboy Bebop one because I felt like that was gonna be the coolest idea. Because I wanted the right to choice. Kind of hip hop gospel infused real folk blues thing, which of course, is what we did, um, is how it ended up coming out. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So I started producing that track. Basically all of it got arranged, recorded and produced more or less in two weeks. Wow. Uh, and then during those two weeks is when it started to grow. Um, first came Raj Ramaya, one of the soundtrack singers from the Cowboy Bebop movie and a friend of mine collaborator from some other stuff. We both worked on like um, Tower of God and on um, Rising of the Shield Hero. Made so the cool. Fist. Um, <laughs> and like once he came on, he helped introduce me to Sunrise, the original animation studio and music label mm. that controlled the rights. And I reached out to them saying that I wanted to make sure we licensed everything properly because I wanted this to be, you know, I obviously don't want to not be paying the original right holders or stuff. I always license my music properly when I do covers. Nice. Um, but like I wanted to go through things directly through them because with Japanese copyright law, you basically need the original creator's permission to do co covers like that. Like they mm. need to sign off. It's not the same as America where you can serve like a notice of intention and kind of compulsory license things. So I reached out, and at the same time, I reached out to Funimation, who I've worked with for multiple years on like a music production, like contracting basis, where like I would do some like vocal production, things like that, for some of their English dubs for shows like Zombieland Saga and Sadazanmai and on and on. Ah. Um, Ad Astra, or Astra Lost in Space, that's mm -hmm. it. Uh, things like that. And basically, I went up the chain of producers until I got in touch with the people who manage the Cowboy Bebop IP, and they said they'd reach out to Sunrise. And of course, I was already reaching out to Sunrise. So <laughs> I think between the two of those things, I probably told Sunrise, maybe this is worth talking about. So I connected with one of the Sunrise music um, label side producers, executive producers, and I basically pitched him my idea. I told him what I wanted to do. I explained that I just wanted the license. I wasn't trying to do anything crazy. I just wanted to raise money for COVID relief. It was all for charity. And would they be cool with it? And they basically said, hey, we think it's a cool idea. We're showing it to Sunrise, the animation studio. Sunrise, the animation studio reached out. They said, hey, we like the idea. We're going to show it to the original creators because we can't sign off on this without Yoko Kano and Yuho Iwasato, the original lyricist, um, having seen it and basically telling us we can do it. Because otherwise, they have contractual obligations too. Wow. Um, and then what happened is about four or five days passed, and Yoko Kano, the president of her company, 
um, emailed me through my website and in semi-broken English basically said, hello, I am contacting you on behalf of Yoko Kano. Yoko Kano has heard that you wish to cover one of her songs. She thanks you for this. <laughs> Yoko Kano would like to know whether or not you would be interested in featuring her band, The Seatbelts, for this arrangement. Please let us know if you would be willing. We were thinking perhaps eight measures or something minor. And of course, wow. you know, at that point, the arrangement was mostly done. And I was like, do I really want to put more people? That oh, I'm fucking kidding. Like, <laughs> Yoko Kano in right? a seatbelt. Like, you make seat room. Yeah, <laughs> to be on this track. Of course, I'm going to say yes. So I said, oh, absolutely. Send whatever you want, whatever format. I'll make it work. Just do whatever you need. And I had no idea what they were going to send because they literally, they didn't really tell me. They just said eight measures long towards the end quote they didn't even say exactly where they were thinking or what they what meant so i had no idea if they were about to send me stems from the original project and be like use some of these stems here or if they were going to actually record something or whatever play along mm -hmm. and what they ended up doing is they picked much longer than eight uh, measures was more like 40-ish give or take oh, wow. and basically they played the second half of Mega Rand's rap and all of Zed's final rap. Um, and they just played through the end. Like Kano-san arranged something for that spot or had the players improvise whatever way she chose to do that, put it all together and sent me that as well as the footage of them playing together. The fun fact is they actually sent me the alpha of all of their parts edited in so that we just slotted it into the video. We didn't even need to edit their video footage wow. other than I think maybe minor color correcting. Huh. Um, like they actually like they put together their edits, all the things where their boxes come in and out. That was all them. They did that themselves. That's the pros for you, man. That's They're amazing. Nice. Um, it was a huge honor to get to collaborate with them. Um, I still get to see my Yamane's Facebook posts every few days. And I love that because it's just a constant reminder of like, oh my God, I got to work with these people. Got oh. to work with this. That's mm. legendary, bro. Like, we got to raise so much money. We raised like over $50,000 wow. for COVID relief through this project. We sold almost 3,000 vinyls with this Cowboy Bebop project. Wow, and that's impressive. The vinyl, the vinyl was a last minute idea. I asked them if I could do that like the day before we launched the project oh wow <laughs> full release and a funimation video release um oh yeah because we also partnered with funimation they put out the video um yeah and it has and 963 yeah that's 100, what i was gonna say yeah 963,000 views i mean mm -hmm. and then even on the anime lab i don't even know too much about that but uh, you know 526,000 like, sister company of funimation for australia mm -hmm. Yeah, Australian. Uh -huh. Yeah, I didn't know that they would post it on a different channel, but I mean, combined, that's 1.3, 1.4 million people. And I mean, there's millions more views, I know, on Chinese social media. It apparently got big over there as well. Wow. Um, huh. The record, when, the le when it released on Amazon, we hit number one rock album, uh, number one rock release in Japan on Amazon, Rock Charts. I was reading that and I was just blown away. Just like, I mean, it's absolutely deserving. It's an amazing piece. I was just it like, was, wow, number one. That's That awesome. was wild because I've had 
God, this feels so weird to say. I've had albums and records that hit number one on various charts before. This is really? the first time I've had it where like the album art says my name front and center, Mason Lieberman presents. Like it Man. is very much my child. Cause like I've done it on things where I performed like the Young thing hit number one in like 25 countries earlier this year. Wow. But you know, I was a cello player and a ranger on that. It's not really the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not Young. <laughs> uh, the Ruby soundtrack, it has uh, always done really well. And the volumes that I worked on um, volume three hit number one on iTunes albums um, for all genre. Wow. And that's Ooh. really cool. And number two hit, I think, number one for soundtracks. But like, again, I wasn't the lead composer of Ruby. I was a composer working on Ruby. And that's different. Mm. Um, this is the first thing that I personally made that was like my musical idea, my arrangement, my production, my coordination. That it's your baby, man. For real. Exactly. And it led to me getting to do basically the same thing with the My Hero Academia franchise, like three months later, collaborating with Yuki Hayashi and Guthrie Govin and like 80 special guest artists on that one. It was insane. Tina Guo, Austin Wintery, June Senaway, the audio director of Sega, like on and on and on. This just goes so wild. It's wild. Man, like, like I'm geeking out. I'm just like Yuki Hayashi. I mean, I was just listening to, you know, you say go or you say run, um, you know, in the My Hero Academia, like uh, that was like what we OST. Was that? Yeah, we arranged you say run. <sighs> um, and like it it was incredible. Like Chris Sabat sings on it. Like I was shocked. I was like, what? You got him to sing on this? This yeah. is we got everyone basically. <laughs> oh my god. Like Casey mm. Lee Williams from Ruby sings on it. Like we got um, saxophone from Patrick Bartley, the J Music Ensemble. Oh. Like so many amazing, amazing artists showed up for this charity release and they did such a great job. It was such a huge honor to get to work with that many awesome musicians. And I mean, I that's bet. really what most of this is about. Like at the end of the day, we go into these fields because we love this art. I love anime, I love video games. So like, I just want to do cool things with those like with those properties with those musicians with those artists and collaborate with people who i love and that's it it's amazing and i'm really grateful that you did these things because i mean these these pieces blew me away when i first heard them um and you know they did good things for people I, i'm shocked like how you were able to organize so many people and to get so many big names into this and to do such an amazing thing uh, you know, definitely was one of the bright spots of the year. Two, two times, you know, like <laughs> you did back to back, uh, and you got like you did it. I mean, it's it's so dope. Like it, it means a lot that you you did that. Like I'm geeking out about it. I geeked out when I first saw it, um, and you know, I'm geeking out still right now. Like that you even were able to manage to to bring in so many people to do something. It's you know, bravo. Like I, I kudos. I'm really glad that we got to talk about it here truly a pleasure truly an honor i'm grateful to get to do what i do and to get to work with the artists i've gotten to work with they are amazing talented people and there's no world where i could have done even an inkling of what we accomplished on these things without all of their support and all of their help and all of their talent so i mean it is in the truest sense of the word a group project 
the music videos are incredible. I do not edit video whatsoever. So <laughs> like absolute mad shout outs. I was you. wondering who Zed did that. Deba- Zed <laughs> Dabani, Red Rapper, the guy who had the final rap on. Oh, wow. Um, he rapped and did the music editing? That he was rapped that- on both tracks. Um, did- same group of rappers on each one. Um, and he does the music video edit. Dallas Crane, who's one of our orchestration um, and music preparation guys, does the um, graphic effects and also helps with the editing. Oh. So, like, it's absolutely like it's a team ensemble effort. How um, hard is it to do, especially like these quarantine versions? Like, it seems like it'd be so hard to get, like, I guess, like 30 different music pieces, raps, and you know, you play guitar and you're playing piano and I guess video and all that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I won't say that it's easy, um, but, but you know what you're doing, I guess, is, right? Yeah, like this is what I do for a living. This is like my thing, so to speak. I manage and coordinate game audio for Tencent, which is the largest company in game audio. So, like, mm. coordinating a lot of lot of moving parts and getting people to do their thing is my thing. Um, I would almost argue that I'm better at like project management, audio direction, and music supervision than I think I am at any of my sub-disciplines as a musician or composer. Hey, that's a crucial thing. I feel like that's like the most right? important thing to be able to bring people together to play amazing things, right? Well, mm-hmm. it certainly helps when your goal is to raise money for charity. Right. <laughs> I'm really excited. The My Hero Academia vinyl just finished its run. Those vinyls will be distributed towards December, give or take, okay. pending any delays by COVID, which we obviously had delays from COVID for the Real Folk Blues one. So we'll see when it comes out. Yeah, I know. It's going to be a crazy time. Man, that's so awesome, though. I mean, congratulations. Like, it's, it's really dope to hear these mm. things. I mean, I already congratulated you when they came out, but to hear, like, the work that, you know, you put into it and then, like, just seeing the success once again. Like that's that's so impressive. I I I was blown away. I mean, you even like made the song like really like its own thing, you know, with mm-hmm. with so many different um you know rappers and different uh pieces of instrumentation and it's just like how'd you even come up with that? That's always my goal with any arrangement or cover. Um I actually I'm not I don't hide it, but not a lot of people know it. I also run a video game music um kind of jazz arrangement collective thing called Ooh. called uh what do you call it tournament dark and we do okay. arrangements in like jazz and rock styles of video game and anime tunes um i actually won a game audio network guild uh, gang award for best jazz remix with one of my tributes to persona 5 back Ooh. in 2019 huh. um so Can like send me these two by the way i know uh, right i want to hear all this i will uh I can link you right now while Please. we're talking. Also, what's it called one more time? Um, Tournament Dark. Tournament Dark Google. I was about to call it Dark Tournament. <laughs> I mean, if you want, I don't know how your audio is routed. I'm copying a link right now. Okay. And you can even play this while we're talking. Oh, sweet. Okay, definitely would love to. In fact, actually, I think I'll, I will also uh, edit all of this. That way we can have more of this playing. Oh, yeah, you could have these going in the background or whatever. It would probably work. Ooh, I'm Uh, listening to it, and oh, yeah, here we go. (laughs) But, yeah, so, like, um, doing arrangements is a thing that I love doing. And for me, I only arrange songs that I really love, but where I could see something that I feel could have been done differently or better. Like, I'm not the kind of person who can 
do a song the exact same way that it was done originally. Because if I think that it's a perfect song already, why arrange it? Like I already have my favorite version of that song. Um, usually when I'm arranging, I'm just trying to create whatever I would think would be like the coolest way to hear that song. So like when I did Lifeline from uh, Super Smash Bros, I just wanted to like make it harder rock because I love listening to that kind of thing. And I wanted yeah. to hear Casey singing on it. So I grabbed Casey. With this one, I brought in like a jazzier style because I wanted to do kind of a club thing. Yes. Uh, with um, the real folk blues, what I was kind of going for was that like, if Cowboy Bebop, and it's funny because this is like by far the biggest complaint and positive point people had on this arrangement was like, there have been a bunch of people who are like, oh my God, I love the rapping. It's my favorite part. And there have been a bunch purists, of- purists, I bet. Uh, I wouldn't say purists. I would probably mostly say racists. Um, oh, yeah. Mm, like, okay. I loved it until rapping showed up. I hate rap, sorry. Mm, mm -hmm. And like, it just blows my mind because I'm like, if Cowboy Bebop was made right now, you know what the music genre would be mm -hmm. for all of it? Oh, it would be absolutely so clear. like this entire show is completely based and built around this melding and fusion of japanese aesthetic and western aesthetic with a particular influence and emphasis on like black musical genre in america wow. so of course it would have this like the next show that watanabe-san did was the samurai champ blue <laughs> that's exactly what i was about to say i was like how can you say how can you say like that hip-hop doesn't belong when the next show he did was like of course like so from my perspective it made and also if you're talking musically like i would argue that hip-hop and rap and a lot of those genres um that we traditionally underclassify in the grammys as like urban without really discussing them whatsoever almost all of them stem from sampling stem from the musical heritage and history of jazz of funk of blues um of these american art forms these black art forms that were part of what watanabe-san was looking to kind of analyze and address in the feel and culture of cowboy bebop it is core to the experience absolutely so, to me it always made perfect sense i was like oh of course if i'm gonna do real folk blues we're gonna do it with rappers because why wouldn't we like that's like the point like the point is that we would want to take that on yeah. and it's the way that we can take a moment to say something with this music and about this show that we wouldn't have gotten to do otherwise yes plus if i'm totally honest like I love the first four minutes of that song. I think that it's one of the like tightest songs in anime. Mm -hmm. And then the last two minutes where it basically becomes like an ambient jam band section. I've always really enjoyed it as a musician because it's really talented musicians doing their thing. But I always wondered like what would happen if that section were just as focused and organized and like straightforward as the first four minutes were like, what would that be like? if we had two more minutes of song form in there instead of two minutes of improv. Mm, right, and right. That's kind of where this came from. That was the idea. I like that. Um, and also the lyrics were really like inspirational too, like in both, 
in both sets of the songs. Like actually like it like just like that little extra bit that I wasn't expecting. It was just like, whoa, mm-hmm. what's happening? And then like it really made me listen to what they had to say. And I loved it. Rappers that we've got. Um, for those who don't know, we worked with substantial um, world-class rapper known mm-hmm. for his collaborations with Nujabes, mm-hmm. aka the composer of Samurai Shampoo. Um, mm. He had Mega Ran, nerdcore icon. Oh yeah, and had Tony, yeah. who is one of my favorite rappers, absolute killer. Also plays fighting games like a boss in the LA area. God's will for, knows him as well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, nice. And like all three of them are huge anime nerds. So this is something they love. It wasn't just them coming in to do a gig or something. Mm-hmm, that they didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Like, Passionate. they all love Cowboy Bebop. They all love anime. They all love Yoko Kano. So they all had things to say about the property. But then also, you know, we're in a very difficult time, a dark time. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I wanted for us to do real folk blues is it felt like maybe a chance for us to take a very dark kind of sad song and inject a little bit of hope through it mm, yeah uh, and kind it of, absolutely came yeah, through yeah exactly the fan response has been stupendous i joke about the people complaining about the rap section or whatever but we're talking about like a tenth of one percent like it is the tiniest number of people um overall- it always sucks like when those like the small minority stands out you know like like a hundred people could say, or 99 people could say something great. And that one person just like, uh, you just sort of focus right. on that. Right. Mm-hmm. And sucks. But yeah, I mean, I loved it. And I think most people really loved it. And yeah, honestly, yeah, I feel haters, like you've right? been really <laughs> lucky with the response. People have been so kind. Oh yeah. I mean, you breathe, you know, your own life into this, you know, you made it its own entity uh, separate from the original, uh, but in, keeping with the original, you know, but at the same time, I feel like the hope that was injected was exactly what people need to hear, you know, in times like this. So it just really hit all the right notes at the right time. Cause I mean, it, it, it shook me. Uh, it was great. I was really impressed and Thanks I'm glad so that glad that it had such an impact on so many people and that it was able to reach so many people, you know, a million views. So that's, just great it means a lot exactly i mean it's an honor it's truly an honor it's something that we're keenly aware of how unlikely that was um right before this release like the vinyl release technically premiered on crates at midnight and of course no one knew about it because we didn't post the link until the 8 a.m when (laughs) the funimation video came out um but like we didn't think anyone was going to pay attention to this to the point that like I was shooting this link to my friends like, yo, if you're going to grab one, grab it right now before anyone sees this so that hopefully the first people who see this tomorrow think that there's momentum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> and like, it's sort of like putting the money in the tip jar and then it's exactly. just sort of like, oh, wait. What we were doing, we we're like, quick, grab a copy so that people will think people like this. Yeah. It turns Hell out yeah. they didn't like it, and we were like, "Oh, oh, we feel silly now." Like <laughs> we were worried about whether or not we would even hit our total goal of 100 vinyl sold, and we hit it within 32 minutes. Of, oh my god! Wow. Um, we ended that day minutes. over 800 vinyl sold. Wow, how was that feeling? Um, that was 800 more vinyl than I've ever. <laughs> sold, so, you know, it was That's really great. cool. 
I went from having never had my music on vinyl that I'm aware of um, prior to that point to I've been on like three or four vinyl releases this year. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, it's like not like we know quarantine like is a horrible thing and, and like this pandemic has been horrible, but you know, I'm really happy that seems like your year has been going pretty swimmingly so far. I mean, you got, I, I mean, I would say that it's been a rough year mm-hmm. for everyone. Yes. But mm-hmm. artistically speaking, it is what you make of it. Like, I think that a lot of us, even those of us who haven't lost our jobs, are still facing, you know, new realities in our workflows that sometimes result in more time than we previously had access to. I'm not having to commute, for example. Yeah. Um, mm. I used to travel a ton for work, and right now, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. You know, right? Passport doesn't get me anywhere. Um, so, like, there's time that I didn't have before, and I thought about it, and I was like, well, I want to use that for music. I want to use that to make things that I will remember with my friends and not just be sad and depressed about the state of the world and focus on that. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, you know, the world is in a really bad spot. It is a really hard time. And like, you'll never get out of the spiral if that's the only thing that you're able to see and focus on. And that's so true. For me, at least as someone who doesn't currently suffer from depression who doesn't have any current mental health issues that would force me to have to deal with those things it is within my agency to focus on the bright side and try to create benefit create light create whatever you have uh, you know make it a better year in some way I love that. Mm. Also, by the way, I'm listening to the music, like just like on low as you talk. And it's just <laughs> such a mood. I'm listening to Zelda's lullaby right now. I just finished oh. a Persona 5. I'm just geeking out like Loki. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, my God, this is also lullaby, great. Um, Zelda's lullaby, the featured guest on that track is John Robert Motts, who, of course, sings and plays trumpet on the um, My Hero track as well. Ooh. He uh, played some horns. Uh, Cowboy Bebop, perhaps. Wow. Um, He's definitely on My Hero Academia, though. Uh, And he does a great job. He's a killer singer, BAFTA nominated composer, um, brilliant artist, really, really talented. Um, Games like For the King, um, Wander Song, um, I think Gunpoint. Smoke point, something like that. <laughs> um, there's a lot oh, of really cool games he's worked on, Ambition. Um, and so it's always a joy to collaborate with him. He also runs the Game Brass Ensemble. So they do like Ooh. brass arrangements of your favorite video game tunes. They've been doing a video every week for the entire summer. They're all amazingly edited. And I'm like, how are you doing this every week? Good God, man. <laughs> right. Sleep. Because like I know how many games he's also working on. Um, just a really talented guy that's so awesome that is awesome and i can't wait to hear the the music that you're listening to over mm-hmm. there god's will so yeah yeah i'm just after like, this you'll oh. definitely have to send that over actually no but, i can just follow the link in the chat yeah yeah um but <laughs> i'll be posting these if, if this is cool um like when uh, yeah, the video yeah. comes out cool um i mean if you want to you can also throw a link to the other charity project i have running right now Ooh, what yeah. you got going on uh so 
God, there's been so much. I, I'm saying, I'm like, wow, I didn't even got to ask you questions about like Tencent yet, but like, I'm really enjoying these charity uh, and like all these projects that you've been doing this year, you know, like wh- what else is going on? Like now you got me hyped up again. I'm like, ooh. So um, last year, actually, I partnered with this Japanese charity called Animator Supporters um, to produce a special anime song, basically, for... Uh, raising funds for this housing program. Um, they provide housing for low-income animators. Oh, I had um, heard about that. Yeah, like animators work, aren't uh, getting... Work, yeah, no, it's it's rough over there. Mm. Um, but I partnered with them to help basically bring attention to the issue and to raise funds for a project that would pay animators an actual living wage because like, mm. a starting animator can make like $280 a month. It's terrible. Oh my God. $280? Like living in Tokyo. Yeah. That's awful. Awful. Um, And like, it does not get better over time. There's a reason they burn out so quickly. Why it's such a high stress work environment. On and on and on. So many problems with anime production from that side of things. It's a very difficult medium to create and produce. Man, which is a shame because I mean we love this stuff. We want this stuff to we I want them to get paid more than uh I don't know a lot of people because I love anime. (laughs) Right? Yeah, Yeah. you're biased. You work at Viz, I get it. Yeah, right. And believe me when I say I understand too. I've worked on anime. Um but yeah, it's really tough. So what I did is basically it was kind of actually the funny things, the progenitor of all of these charity projects was doing this one last year where I partnered with 10 special guest singers from across the anime industry. That seems <laughs> quaint now, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's small compared to uh, the 80 you did. For- <laughs> and like right. all of these people that I did on this track are people who I then later used in these other two charity tracks. So like, it literally just looks like it's smaller and like a step backwards from a music production standpoint. But actually, no, it was just done first. <laughs> it just came out the last because oh, of right. how to do it. But we're making a special animation, um, an anime music video with this song. Original okay. animation being produced by alumni from this program who've gone on to like direct on Attack on Titan and Osamatsu song, wow. Twin Star Exorcist, like great shows with high production values um, and like Boruto on and on and on. They're coming back basically to give back to the program that helped them when they were young. Oh, that's crucial. The program has been going on nice. for five years now. Um, and so, yeah, like that, um, the kickstarting for that is going on starting in the West right now as we speak. Oh, please. Uh, also, cool. if you could send me that link so I could post it on our page pages because that i mean i want to help those guys i mean we want to help the guys who make the stuff that we love and it's sort of sad no not sort of it is very sad that they're getting honestly mistreated it sounds like i mean Uh, anything you can do to help would be great i mean obviously i'm trying to get it out through as many channels as possible to as many creators as possible just so that we can try and raise this money to help them out and do what we can um, they've got a video on the page. I just linked it to you directly. Thank you. That breaks down what the issue is. It talks about things. Did you know like anime production budgets are like 10% of what Disney pays their animation budgets? Oh, like, really? Uh, for a frame of reference, 10%. That's like, insane. Right? 
it's very sad just because anime is just such a big deal to and all of us the world comment or content like no one out here would say that anime is 10 percent as good as, right and i don't think that that means disney needs to pay less far yeah. from it i think right. we need to find hmm. ways to accommodate giving animators what they're worth because clearly they are creating a medium that impacts people very deeply and emotionally and that they love anyways there's an original song for that um track you can check it out too and i really hope that you enjoy it i'm excited ecstatic to hear that because i mean anime and video games have been the thing that have kept me sane throughout this whole year i would say right same here shout outs to paper mario and the origami king um what an incredible soundtrack oh man i heard that was a, a pretty good game um the game is great the soundtrack oh my god that's where it's at like as obviously a nerd of video game composition and interactive scoring techniques um it's one of the more detailed systems i've seen in a while oh wow and the amount of work that went into totally meaningless details most people will never even notice is just a reminder of why Nintendo are like the quality control kings. Mm. Um, like you cannot out detail Nintendo on making something tight. And they're just like rubbing it in your face with the new Paper <laughs> Mario game of just how much work they'll put into even things that aren't their largest franchise or their biggest particular release. Awesome. A game yeah, that they announced like check that months out. in advance, it's wild. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to check that one out personally. Um, just a quick change of topic uh, before we finish up here. I just personally had a question, you know, uh, for myself and for other people who are not quite as familiar uh, with the sort of internal industry. Um, your work with Tencent. Uh, so this is basically a an audio company for video games. Um, can you kind of explain how that works? Oh, no. Um, Tencent is kind of like a combination of Chinese Google meets Disney. Okay. <laughs> um, so Tencent is either the largest or the second largest tech company in China. Um, and they own most of the video game industry. They okay. own like 5% of Activision Blizzard. They own all of Riot Games, League of Legends. They own 40% of Epic Games. Wow. Um, Fortnite. Um, they own Supercell. They own like 40 okay. studios around the world. Um, They're a huge, huge player in the video game and music spaces and film, actually. They're the money behind movies like Wonder Woman 1984. And, wow. and inexplicably in that list of two movies, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I have no huh. idea who was putting together their portfolio and said, this is the other movie that we need to really push. The Mr. Rogers one. <laughs> Mr. Rogers movie. I don't even know that they had Mr. Rogers in That's China. That's what I was about to say. I was like, was right? Mr. Rogers a thing like in China also? <laughs> but yeah, like they have this huge, huge, huge media catalog worldwide um, covering tons of stuff. They're also the company behind the messaging app uh, WeChat. Mm-hmm. It's basically the primary um, wallet app for China. Um, like China compared to America is like a decade ahead of us on like digitization of currency where like Mm. most stores 
have like um, a virtual payment option. They have the equivalent of Apple Pay, except imagine if they had that everywhere you go. Like imagine if like beggars on the street took Apple Pay. <laughs> wow. That's kind of what it's like, um, except instead of Apple Pay, it's WeChat Pay and Alipay, which is another company. Hmm. But WeChat is the better one. You know. Okay. Like, <laughs> right. And then you're a okay. part of that, like where you... run, um, I'm the senior game audio coordinator for Tencent, working with the Lightspeed and Quantum Studios. So senior. games like Player Unknowns, Battlegrounds, Mobile, Games. Huh. Um, massive, massive games with millions and millions of players um, daily um, are part of what's in my purview and what I work with. And I wow. get to collaborate with what I like to say are the absolute best audio talent in the industry, both in-house and on the outsource vendor freelance side. Because, um, you know, we're 10 cent and we get to work with everyone. That's that's crazy. Yeah, that's super cool to, to learn that. Uh, so I think that all the viewers are going to be pretty interested in that as well. So that's impressive. It's, I mean, if you want to know where I get the skill set to coordinate large projects with like 80 plus um, team members or whatever, there you go. I, I do the Ten same cent. thing with Tencent. Like <laughs> it is literally the same type of work a lot of the time impressive uh, I, well, thanks for sharing that problems i coordinate things i try and make people work together better well you do a great job from what i've seen so right thank you so much As i'm true. very grateful to tencent both for providing stability and what is at an undeniably unstable time for the world and for i'm just going to shout them out because i'm so proud of this um actually being a rare tech company that kind of lives up to their motto which in their case is tech for good. Um, I recently asked Tencent if they would be willing, um, World's Fast Rewind, a close friend of mine, Emmanuel Lagumbe, is an audio coordinator at Riot Games. Out of the goodness of his heart, he decided he was going to contribute four badges to uh, Game SoundCon, just pay for it out of his own pocket to help you know, underrepresented minorities, um, genders, things like that, to attend this work conference that has traditionally wow. been very expensive. Um, I decided to do the same thing inspired by him. And Tencent, basically unprompted, then reached out to me and said, hey, we're actually going to do the same thing as you, and we're going to sponsor as well. And what ended up happening is they are sponsoring all remaining uh, gang, Game Audio Network Guild scholarship um applicants period so anyone who applied for a gang scholar um scholarship to uh game soundcon this year is going for free courtesy of 10 cent wow and they just decided to do that it was just them trying to be good that's and so awesome i really love that because i love working at a place that cares about our community mm -hmm. like really and making the community like better because like they're not a game audio company. They're a video game company. They are a tech company. They are a global holding company. You know, there's so many other things they care about than helping out game audio development. Like it's such a tiny niche by comparison. It always feels wonderful seeing these absolute titans and massive companies stepping in to say, hey, we care. You know, it actually matters to us. It's awesome. That's awesome. I like that a lot. I yeah, mean, that's fantastic knowledge. 
Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like one one more question I have, like you, I've seen that you met like a ton of video game and, and, and music, uh, video game and anime music creators, right? Uh, and I guess like, like it's sort of hard to say like who's your favorite, but I guess like who who are your favorite or top uh, other music creators like in the industry? Um, hmm. yeah, I bet that's a super hard one, right? <laughs> it is. I mean, there are people who I love uh, creatively who I don't really know that well personally, and there are people I love personally who like I love them creatively, but like they're not my favorite artist mm-hmm, of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, without clarifying who is what or which, yeah, I would say that some of my favorite artists, for any number of reasons, have included people like Koji Kondo, Nobuo Uematsu, Masashi Hamazu, um, Kevin Penkin, James Landino, Darren Korb, um, Manaka Kataoka, Manami Matsuatmae. Um, let me think. Um, Yuki Hayashi, Taba Hiro Obata, Takahiro Obata. Sorry about that. Um, God, on yeah, yeah, remember all the Japanese names. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's not like I'm fluent in Japanese or anything, so like I am struggling a little bit. <laughs> oh, you're doing great. I'm like, I don't know if I could I pronounce the best. names as well. <laughs> um, Jeff Williams. Um, Dave Grohl, <laughs> like, maybe not a video game composer. I mean, that. hey, great okay. music guy, right? Grant Kirkhope, David Wise, um, probably every single composer who's ever touched a Nintendo project. Chip Tanaka, um, Sakiko Sakuragi, um, so many. I gotta look up all the names, but I I love game audio. I love anime audio. And there are just so many people who I dearly adore who are close friends or who are just the most talented artists alive in that list of musicians alone. Um and I could go on for like hours more. Like there are (laughs) so many people who deserve to get shouted out that I didn't mention just in that list. Hey, dude this this was a great interview like i i feel really hyped you know like in more more uh confident i guess like in the power of what people can do like this this is awesome and it means a lot that you you took some time to come talk to me and matt about what you do because yeah man i appreciate it sure dude thank you so much god's will i love you i miss I love you too man i miss you too Let's... i hope that we can see each other sometime soon soon Let's... super soon right and you know definitely i mean i gotta see how i stand up against you and smash it <laughs> like that that has been like one of my biggest things i'm like okay let me see if i can hold off at least one or two smash games you know maybe maybe more who knows but, <laughs> but... and matt it was great to meet you man yes sir absolutely it's great meeting you as well thank you is there any last uh, minute things you might like to plug in or any, anything you like to say at the end um just one and it's really meant to intimidate you personally uh, <laughs> Gloria! there we go oh man <laughs> i hate that guy <laughs> i need to get above <laughs> i hate how i keep landing in the arc anyways 
I got you next time, oh right? <laughs> thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, you know, th- and also thank you, Matt, for joining on the podcast. Sorry that you had some some oh, yeah. webcam troubles, but I appreciate you uh, staying on right. and asking good questions. Appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Absolutely. For sure. Definitely we'll have you in more podcasts. Uh, and I guess the last thing I'd like to say, definitely listen to Mason's music. We'll be posting links to all these things. Mm-hmm. Support the Kickstarter uh, where it'll be helping out the animators because we want everyone to be treated right. And that's all I want. Um, you know, be excellent to each other. Go listen to those charity tracks. Uh, are, are vinyl still available? Or I guess, like, can you go buy the, the track still? Um, the My Hero Academia one won't be in stores or anything for a while until it actually prints and ships. The Cowboy Bebop one, I know that if you Google looking for it, you'll be able to find it on like some storefronts or mm. things like eBay, things like okay. that. Um, there are enough floating around that people could probably find them secondhand. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, um, you know, stay tuned and we'll keep making music. I'm excited for what's to come, man. I've got more stuff that I want to do. That's all I'll say. Sweet. This was such a great interview. And I'm, I'm glad I get to know more about you and I guess the process of like what it took to make these things because I was very curious. So it is such a pleasure to chat. Um, and yeah, no, thank you for having me. Thanks for inviting me, man. Thank you, man. You're a dope man and you were perfect for the podcast. And to everyone that listened, thank you guys. You guys are all super dope. Um, as always, stay dope and let's keep it going. Peace. Peace.